Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. Where today we are celebrating our 100th episode. Who 100, would have, yeah. Who would have thought we could have made it this far? Wow. And uh, having to endure all that we've endured over the last two years. and wow, um, two years, yeah. And, uh, and all the mask mandates we've had to endure and all the insanity. But how providential <laughs> in the as an act of God that our 100th podcast we would be celebrating freedom from these ridiculous masks that we are not going to ever wear again yeah people life. thought you're like Hannibal Lecter like, what's going on there <laughs> he didn't know this was a mask with a middle cut out <laughs> so I could so, breathe, so you could that, breathe. That, that's what I would do on the on the airlines I got so yeah. sick and tired of the stupidity and and just that controlling spirit uh, you know literally I would wait for the for the pretzels to come so and then I would pull my mask down because you can Evidently, you're not at risk when you're eating a pretzel. So, right. you know, you pull your mask down, and then I would just nibble like a little chipmunk <laughs> on my pretzel. Licking one it, salt it, piece it, off at a time. <laughs> it was only, it was only an inch-long pretzel, but it, that could last me a three-hour-long flight. And I would just sit there nibbling as the uh, as the, uh, stewardess or whatever went by. Yeah, fall asleep with a pretzel <laughs> hanging out of your mouth. Just smiling. Because I'm serious, it depended on the, on the flight. Some of those folks felt like they were like Nazi prison camp no. wardens. Yeah, I fell asleep. They had to wake you up. Because oh, yeah, I was. Yeah. Like, I literally was was awakened by one lady because because I fell asleep and the mask was not above my nose. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And then the one lady threatened me one more time. She, she was going to report me, yeah. you know, to the uh, to the counter. Anyway, this is a day for freedom. And I think it's a day for us to celebrate as Americans. But man, I sure hope. We learn from the insanity that we've just experienced. Here's the here's the news headline: uh, A federal court or district court judge in the great state of Florida, thank God for Governor Ron DeSantis and for his common sense leadership and legislation. Uh, but also thank God this was a a federal uh, court justice who clerked under uh, Clarence Thomas. Uh, so she is a constitutionalist. Thank God for that. And finally, uh, she had enough courage, and at least some judge had enough courage to uh, to say, "Hey, enough is enough." And I saw different d different video footage on people that were on airlines when this was announced, mm -hmm. and masks were flying. People, <laughs> people were letting out it's shots. Like graduation day when they throw the hats <laughs> up. It was because. It, but here's what's sad: is I think most folks. Uh, went along with the insanity because yeah. what are you going to do? I mean, you, yeah. you can either be thrown off the plane or I'm, I'm not sure what your options are. Like drive. But for somebody yelled out, finally! Yeah. And again, I think most Americans, we want to be, we, we want to go along. We want to, you know, we, we want to be agreeable. But at some point you're looking for for your leadership to put their foot down. And, uh, and I just, you know, I was looking at some of the responses, um, uh, here's a medical doctor on Twitter. Uh, the White House should stop criticizing judges for removing mandates. They are abolishing uh, the governmental power that was abused and never should have been granted in the first place, to which I say a hearty amen. Yeah. You know, you cannot have government agencies making policy for 330 million Americans. Uh, that's not the purpose of any get federal agency to make policy. That's what our Congress is supposed to do. This was never run through Congress. This was just shoved down our throats, as we've said on this podcast, through a man uh, 
one man in a white lab coat who was acting as the face of uh, expert medical policy. And, you know, we've talked about this before, too. You're sitting on an airplane. You, you can go to all, all these other places without a mask, uh, but when you're on an airplane, somehow you still have to wear the mask. It's like, why? What is the purpose of this when we're all our way to the airport, no one's wearing a mask, we're living our lives without masks, but when we get to the airport, somehow we have to still wear a mask. I think it's, it's just that final little you know, stranglehold of government control that says we have power over your lives. Uh, and it's... And it's, it's fundamentally unconstitutional and it's wrong and I'm glad a judge finally slapped their government's hand and said enough is enough. Yeah, that's good. So here's another one I like. Um, And this is so good. This is Melissa McKenzie. After COVID, I no longer wonder how Stalin, Mao, Hitler, and Pol Pot happened. Inside too many of our neighbors is a little tyrant who desires to tell you how to live your life use violence to achieve their ends and clothe themselves in righteousness while doing it. Uh, to which I say a hearty amen. Um, I don't know if you were like me, but I was just shocked at the, at the level of compliance that is in the hearts of most Americans. Like not only go along, but somehow make a virtue out of going along, even when it gets down to masking kindergartners and, and just, just the shutting down businesses. The whole thing, we've talked about the government overreach. Well, the power of fear and shame has no ends. The, the lure of power and shame, because I mean, that's why they use, they use shame. I mean, we, we talked about this a couple Sundays ago, the kingdom of darkness used the power of shame to achieve their purpose. And that's why they use all the virtue signaling, shame on you if you don't get a vaccine, oh, yeah. shame yeah. on you if you don't wear a mask. I mean, all that virtue signaling. And this even crept into, the, this crept into the church. Oh, shame. Oh, yeah. Church is largely adapted to that, too. So many We're of better the, ashamed than some other people sometimes. Oh, yeah. so, so many of the, the woke churches in America were all about, this was all about loving your neighbor, even yeah. though the, the tragic results. I mean, a lot of people are asking, what what's going to be the long-term impact in the psyche of this young generation that was raised to live in hysterical fear, to, to think walking around in public with a mask on is normal behavior? Yeah. And in fact, some people were saying that if it hadn't been for this judge putting an end to this, uh, that uh, this would have been protocol from now on out. This would be like the new norm. Everybody wears a mask, at least on airplanes. Uh, and so, uh, but again, I just get amazed. You know, you wonder how, how does a dictator take over a country and get everybody walking in lockstep? Um, well, I think we, we saw at least a, a prelude to what that kind of thinking, mass thinking looks like, mass hysteria, right. uh, calling out your neighbor, uh, exposing your neighbor if they're not, you know, uh, wearing their mask and then make, as you said, making them feel guilty or full of shame. Yeah. Calling your local store, your your mom and pop store, saying, "Hey, there, there's a guy behind the counter not wearing a mask," and sent the health and human service after them. I mean, yeah. So now we have all of our, our government agencies weaponized against American citizens. Yeah. Um, that's so, no, the, no, that's not the purpose of government. But but okay, so I'll let you read another one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here, here's one of my favorites. I appreciate uh, Matt Walsh. Uh, just for his straightforward way he makes a point. He says sarcastically here, I don't care if some Nazi judge overturned the mask mandate. I'm not getting on a plane without my astronaut helmet and three masks. I will remain loyal to the CDC to the very end. 
<laughs> there are people that actually have that. You know, I saw people saying, I'm never going to fly on the airlines until, you know, they have mask mandates. Well, that's great. So start your own airlines <laughs> and create your own rules. You, you, you can wear your own mask. You yeah. can wear a mask. You, you don't have to not wear a mask. It's not like you're mandating no one can wear a mask. Wear your helmet if you want. Wear your astronaut helmet if you want. Wear, wear three masks if you want. You might look funny, but no one's going to make you take it off. But see, this so. is this is that liberal psycho mindset because it's not enough that you have the ability to wear a mask. No one's telling you you can't. Yeah. But they're upset that they can't control and make everyone act like them. And that just flies in the face of, of, uh, of American understanding, of American life, of American freedom. The whole idea that we have to force compliance on people. And I said this a million times during this mask mandate. Anytime the word mandate is attached to anything American, it is absolutely un-American at that well, point. I mean, okay, to be fair, it's because their psyche has connected lack of masks. Not to lack of freedom, but if you're not wearing masks, is you're in danger and you're killing people. But that's again, that is tied into the propaganda. It's it's deeper than just it's tied into the CDC and all the hysteria about about why masks. You know, you got uh, a Dr. Uh, Fauci going, oh, you shouldn't wear masks. Masks don't help. To masks do help. Back and forth. There's a large amount of incompetence, well, uh, dis dishonesty in these governmental agencies. That's so all kind of chaos. Right. So so people have associated not wearing masks and not getting vaccinated as in killing your neighbors. And when you when you use those crazy terms, like those extreme terms like that, that's that's the results you get. Right. And remember that was you're gonna kill your kill grandma, you know, we, we have to have masks on because uh, you, you might bring the virus home or whatever. It just uh, fear, fear, fear. And then of course we had the news media that was just nonstop uh, and driving that into our heads. So so we've got we've got uh, liberal leftist government leaders uh, that are control bound. We've got the news media, we got the CDC, we've got compromised federal agencies. Uh, and we have all of this politicized because, interestingly enough, all this was ramped up prior to the last presidential election to push through a lot of uh, election uh, policies uh, that we had never had before. But it's interesting. It's a hundredth episode, right? I quickly did the math. Fifty-two weeks in a year, so hundred about hundred episode. We're about two years into yep. when we started this podcast. And the reason we started this podcast was because we had to close our. When the when the pandemic first started, we closed our church for like a month or so yep. to try to you know, the governor and we try to comply. Everyone, yep. no one knew what was going on, and we we thought it was the next plague or whatever. And, and so so two years later, two years later, look what has happened. I mean, this is really a, a sober. If you look back, two years later, for me, I, I have very little trust in mainstream media. I have zero trust. I have negative ten trust in mainstream media. Yeah, I didn't have that much trust in governmental agency. Now I'm like not just not trusting them. I'm deeply skeptical. I'm talking about the CDC, the HHS, the FBI, the CIA. With everything that's happened, yeah. Okay, uh, I'm deeply uh, I have lack of trust on the election integrity system. Yeah. Okay. I mean, these last two years has been, it might as well, it might as well be in the last two decades. I mean, it's these two years were the longest two years probably in my life. All the lack of lack of trust I have in, in social institutions and, and, and yeah. governmental institutions, it's been crazy. Yeah. Two years of this. Yeah, it, it really exposed a lot of uh, mindsets, ideologies. Uh, you know, we always knew this program is about worldview and, and you know, many times there was a massive vacuum or void uh, between 
the media and between Judeo-Christian worldview. In other words, our worldview is not represented in the mainstream media. Now, the logical side of that is, well, these folks are trained in liberal institutions. Uh, many of them do not share our Christian beliefs. Yeah. They're, they're not per, they don't have a personal relationship with Christ. And so it's kind of a naive, just we don't get you guys, and what's coming out is, is our worldview. But I think it goes deeper than that. I mean, well, I, I used yeah. to get that, but 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 used to think it was just kind of benign. We don't understand each other. But now it's clearly there. That worldview is driving an ideology. <clears throat> excuse me. That is incredibly dangerous to American freedom and liberty and to, and to our Judeo-Christian yeah. foundation. You have common sense liberals who are turning against these agendas. Mm -hmm. Guys like Joe Rogan, guys that, like uh, Bill Maher. Yeah. Some of these people who, 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 you know, as a conservatives, I would never listen to these guys. Now these guys are the voice of reason in within these two years. Yeah. This is crazy what's happened in the last two years. Well, and, and liberalism was always championing uh, freedom of speech. Yeah, freedom of speech. And now these guys that were the big champions of freedom of speech are watching all their tribe canceling everybody left and right. They're themselves getting canceled left and right. <laughs> and they're going, whoa. You know, so it is a brave new world in which we find ourselves when, yeah. when liberals are now finding more sanity in conservative camps than they are in their own camp because of how crazy and radical it's become. Yeah, I mean, those words, don't liberal and conservative, I mean, and those words, we had to redefine those words, you know, in the last two years. So it's been a, hey, we appreciate you for those who's been with us for two years, man. We've been quite a ride the last two years, right? Talk about roller coasters up and down, right? Oh, yeah. So it has been wild. Yeah. Let, me, let me give you another sarcastic okay. one. My, I love this. This is from Andrew Clavin. The mask mandates were difficult, but at least they accomplished nothing and made everyone miserable. So we know the federal government is still good at doing what it does. <laughs> now that's good. The mask mandates were difficult, but at least they accomplished nothing and made everyone. I mean, I, I noticed you read quite a few from um, Daily Wire staff. Who's, who's got some stellar staff? You know, you got Ben Shapiro, you got Kenneth Owen, Andrew. I'm not sure Lavin. where some of these folks come from. Yeah, but it's just, it's just funny. Yeah, <clears throat> clever, very clever. I write this with Monica Crowley. I'm flying tomorrow, and I cannot contain my joy at doing so without a suffocating mask plastering to, plastered to my face. Uh, Jordan Shakto, the mask mandate will go down in history as perhaps the dumbest religion of the 21st century. Oh, yeah. And I, I love the way it's called a, a religion because people who were mask advocates adhered to it with the same, you know, fervency uh, as if that was their new religion. Um, and in uh, any way, so I appreciate that. Here's, here's Peter Ducey with, uh, with Fox News. Asking a great question to the press secretary and getting an absolute stupid answer back, which is what we're kind of used to. Why is it that we sit here in the White House briefing room with no mask, but people can't sit in an airplane cabin with no mask? And to which Saki replies, I'm not a doctor. Now, we heard that same thing. <laughs> Here's a, a straightforward, common sense question. We're all sitting here in the White House with no mask, but when we get on an airplane, we have to wear a mask. Why? I'm not a doctor. Um, remember when uh, the Supreme Court nominee sure. was asked I'm not about... A biologist. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a biologist. This is the kind of ridiculous stupidity that comes out of the mouth of very intelligent people when they are confronted with the fact that this is that all of us recognize that these mandates are, are ridiculous. You know, the next time the police officer sense. pulled me over for speeding, 
I'm gonna be like, I'm not a physicist. You know, sir, do you know going 50 miles over a speed limit? I don't know. I'm not a physicist. I don't. There's some numbers thing in front of my dashboard, but I, I'm not engineer. I can't. Yeah. I can't. I plead the fifth. I don't know yeah, what to say. Yeah, I, I, sir, did you murder that man? I don't know. I'm not biology. I'm not a doctor. I mean, I don't know what happens when you shoot someone in the heart. I don't know what that means. I mean, yeah, exactly. just take that logic down the tr- you know. Talk about Did you steal that cookie? I don't know. I'm not an adult. I don't know if I stole that cookie. <laughs> Here's somebody that makes a point just like we've been making. You can still wear a mask if you want. The people who are upset today are upset because they've lost the ability to coerce you into doing the same. Now, folks, I hope you're paying attention because why do we want to keep electing people who have taken great joy in micromanaging every aspect of our lives? I mean, are you awake? If you don't want to live this way, make sure that you're not voting for people who share these crazy ideas. Make sure that you're voting for judges who are constitutionalists. Make sure you understand our system of government, that no federal agency should be able to make policy for Americans. That's the job of Congress. I mean, we need to get back to understanding our our government the way it was created uh, and holding people accountable uh, for when they get in little power-hungry people like we've seen in Washington, D.C. I love this one. Face diapers are over, canceled, done, burn them. That's the way I felt wearing those things. They felt like a face diaper. And here I appreciate Thomas Massey. You know, Thomas Massey's been a strong constitutionalist. This is what he said. He said, I haven't been on an airplane since July of 2021. I appreciate somebody who sticks to their to their values. He said, I have driven to D.C. every week that we have been in session because I refuse to be treated like livestock. Biden lost in the courts. And if the airlines come to their senses, I will fly again. But not until then. You know, I appreciate that. Um, basically saying on basis of principle, you know, I'm not going to be treated like like livestock. And that's exactly what happens when we have a top-down, one-size-fits-all approach. Uh, you know, they were saying even in Washington, D.C., I was reading somebody saying that even as of today or yesterday, whenever this came out, that they still were not allowed at the checking counter. They were not allowed to check their bag in or to get their passport until they put a mask on. Uh, Again, it makes no sense. You drove to the airport without a mask. You walked into the airport without a mask. But as soon as you get to the checkout counter at the airlines, now all of a sudden you're treated like a livestock. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that it's it, over. It reminds me of the Pharisaic rules that's just ritualistic for ritualistic sake. It's, it's not to serve the people. Jesus asked, is the Sabbath for the people or the people for the Sabbath? Yeah. You know, and the Pharisees have turned around to really make Sabbath what we worship and not Sabbath for, for the sake of people. And that's what's happening right now. I feel like people are here to serve your rules, serve your mass mandates, yeah. as opposed to be like, wait, no, these rules are supposed to serve people. They're supposed to make sense. Yeah. They're supposed to, ultimately, they're supposed to protect people. And I'll tell you what concerns me is... <clears throat> We are a freedom-loving people as Americans. We're we're not like we're we're watching some terrible stuff happening in Shanghai, where whole cities are brought under quarantine. Uh, it, what happened in Australia? Uh, what happened in to our neighbors to the north? Our Canadian friends. Uh, it is appalling the government overreach and tyranny and force and violence and the rule of law that's brought to bear on people. Yeah. And talk about treating people like livestock when an entire city is shut down and people are, are not able to move freely about the country. They're not able to express their basic uh, rights and liberties. They're not able to worship. I saw one picture on, on uh, social media where 
the church in a church in Africa opened its doors for the first time in two years, and people were running in just with such joy in their hearts. And again, these are all nations that do not have 200 plus years of understanding of what it means to be free men and women. Mm-hmm. And uh, it concerns me deeply that we have got to learn from this, lest we become like some of these other nations where, where people are just literally treated like slaves, like livestock. Well, that's a good point. Are, are we going to learn from this? Are we going to keep electing, well, electing officials and putting, I mean, uh, or uh, allowing these unelected agencies uh, with their own political agenda, with unringed power, unchecked yeah. power, tell us what to do? Yeah. Speaking so, of that, talking about un- unchecked power, um, we were talking about several things I think most Americans when they watch the the double standard that happens in Washington DC the question is is anybody going to be ultimately held accountable and what we saw was the deep state we saw the corruption of a lot of these agencies like we just talked about yep. and talk a little bit about uh, two things that are happening right now that that most Americans were wondering uh, is anybody going to be held accountable one was the Durham report which again implicates the uh, uh, Clinton uh, well, campaign. the attorney Sessman, who was who was working for the Clinton campaign, yeah, and, and I mean, I'm not going to get into much of the details. I'm sure you guys are aware if you've been yeah, and we're watching it all unfold. But basically, they spied on the Trump campaign from before he, at least, was the Durham report indictment before you know grand jury right now. I believe that's the case, um, or maybe it was before a judge. But but you know, during 2016, during Trump campaign to even after he became president they were spying him they were making up the whole russian collusion they were making up data they were making up logging usernames uh Cessna, i believe that's the attorney's name was used with were spying on them he, he was in their network creating information that looked like uh russian connections or russian right. uh, like the Rus- russians were stealing our Steal- election well no that was that was he was colluding with the russians somehow and he brought those fake documents or reports to our, I think the CIA and, and, and I think the FBI. And that was the basis that they used to try to impeach him. Obviously when they, uh, they, when they went through the whole year or whatever, how many months of, of examined examination through, I forgot. I think it was yeah. Uh, yeah, say, or, yeah. From a Christian worldview standpoint, it isn't about D's and R's. Whenever anybody behaves this way to compromise an election, through fraud and disinformation, those people should should be under the strictest rule of law and justice should be done because th- these types of behaviors destroy our system. It, it destroys the confidence in our system and it, it leads to corruption and fraud. And so it doesn't, this is not a political thing here. We're not talking as Democrats or Republicans. We're saying for anybody in a, in a national election for the president of the United States, uh, the most powerful ruler in the free world, right? Uh, in the world, uh, this to see this type of behavior going on, there should be absolute consequences. These people should be put in prison. There should be serious consequences so that it does not happen again. Well, you know, Nixon was basically Absolutely. impeached for something much less, much worse, uh, much less. Worse and it was wrong, that. and I'm glad wrong that it happened. That. Yeah, but but this is minor compared, compared to what's to, going on. Well, the, this what this. I mean, we got to read more. We got to get more information to come out. But what we're seeing so far is crazy. Every time Trump says I was spied on, people were just making fun of him, calling conspiracy theory, whatever. No, he was. According to those report by Durham, he was absolutely spied on, and they tried to create this hoax that he was was in collusion. 
I mean, this is crazy stuff. This is like Hollywood movie stuff yeah. that's happening in our country. And mainstream media is just shushing it up, covering up. The, the federal agencies are just complicit. Even when they found out it was fake, they didn't really say anything about it. I mean, sure. man, that's crazy. This is why, you, as you said, there's there's a negative 10% confidence in the in the oh media because they, they they cover up, they, they attack their enemies. They have a clear political uh, bent. Uh, there's no integrity. There's no neutrality. There's no just reporting the news. Uh, there is a clear agenda, and and most Americans get it. They see it, and they're fed up with it. Uh, but the question is, will justice ever will just be done? And and so the second thing, which is encouraging, is as we're moving along, that that's one thing that that generally happens is, is truth ultimately comes to light. Sometimes, unfortunately, it's too late. Uh, but at least truth does come to light. And I'm, I, I thank God for people that are consistently going after exposing the lies and bringing forth the truth. The other one was, of course, the Hunter Biden laptop, uh, which, again, got exposed um, in, the, in the last days of the presidential election. And it was vital information. Um, got that, brought up in a debate, in the presidential debate. And, and and Joe Biden was just, you know, he was dismissing it. And they had 50 intelligence officials who came out and said that's Russian disinformation. How many? 50. 50. 50 yeah. former just, just intelligence committees. 50. Yeah. So, so these are all the intelligence community that are all reading off the same script. This is classic Russian disinformation. Now, again, this was a laptop that was found at a private business. A right? pawn shop or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And, and contained horrific, not only horrific uh, uh, immoral behavior, um, but also uh, financial transaction that was highly questionable. Yeah. Our current president using his position to incur, you know, uh, yeah. financial gain, uh, illegal financial gain. So uh, this is serious, serious stuff. This is corruption at the highest level, uh, and certainly should should involve uh, years and years of jail time. Instead. The media silenced it all, and and these major organizations like the FBI, Justice Department, covered the whole thing at least until after the election. I hope it went away. Well, right now I think there is a grand jury in Delaware with Hunter Biden, and we'll see where it goes from there. But but the the, the, the issue was when this when this laptop first came out with the New York Post, which is I think one of the oldest news organizations in the world, in America at least. Sorry, in America, not in the world. They Twitter silenced it immediately. Yep. And, and stuff like this, that's just like, man, it's not just the, it, when the big media is working with big tech, with big uh, government, with yeah. our, our, our law enforcement agency, or with our central intelligence agency, man, what world are we living in? Oh, yeah, it's scary. It's like, it's like 1984, yeah. uh, the, the novel. Book, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and this was the other thing I just, and this, this is how it's all couched, of course, is that somehow... Uh, social media, if there's freedom to share ideas, right, and, uh, on all sides of the issue, that any idea that disagrees with mine is disinformation and it's a threat to democracy. Yeah. So that's the, how it's couched. You conservatives, you Christians, you folks that voice your opinion about a variety of issues, um, you are f communicating false information, at least according to our worldview. And you are threatening to undermine democracy, and so we're going to silence you, which in and of itself threatens democracy because it just said that there's a whole swath of people in America whose opinions and whose voices are no longer allowed to be made public. I mean, this is, this, this is unbelievable uh, tyranny. 
And again, of course, tyrannies are committed under the guise of doing good and preserving, you know, the high moral ground and preserving American life and blah, blah, blah. Those are the worst types of tyrannies because they're, they're sugar-coated with all kinds of fancy, sweet language. Uh, moral language, virtuous language, but it's nothing, uh, nothing close to that. It's it's a wicked, vile assault on our most basic freedoms and liberties. And again, I heard someone saying it's so true. If I, if I, if I can't allow you to express your opinion, even though I stridently disagree with it, but I still respect your right to voice your opinion. Yeah. That's what this nation was founded upon. And we can debate and agree to disagree at the end of the day. I, I, um, think, I think we can all understand when, you know, if we play a basketball game, kids do, and then you beat me in, the, in fair and square in a basketball game, I take the ball and go home. I don't even let you guys play. It's my basketball, I don't even let you guys play. We call that immature, right? Absolutely. I'm taking my ball and going home. Well, that's basically what it's like. It's like, well, you can't win the debate. You don't, you don't even have a discussion. You just yeah. shut them down. It's the yeah. same thing as taking a ball and going home. And it's I wanted to highlight here, as we, as we kind of wrap up, th this was the headlines from CBS News. Now, it just shows you why Christians have to get involved in all the major uh, uh, mountains of culture, all right? Uh, journalism and the media almost have a complete stranglehold on, for instance, how do you report the news? You have to come up with a headline. Well, as a Christian, I get so fed up that my position is never characterized the way I see it. It's characterized through the lens of people who completely disagree with my worldview. So, so here's an example. We were talking about this. This is a CBS News headline. University to pay professor $400,000 after disciplining him for refusing to use correct Pronouns. Now, okay, so wait a minute. Disciplining him for failure to use correct pronouns. What correct pronouns are we talking about? Him, her, she, him, it, you know, I, me, you, whatever. What are these pronouns? Well, of course, this is written from people who are pushing crazy uh, uh, gender, identity. gender identity with a thousand pronouns out there that this professor is supposed to somehow use because student A... Uh, once that pronoun used to describe her or him or it or they or them or whatever the crazy they're binary non-binary this is all crazy woke gender ideology well this university this guy sued them because he was using the correct pronoun or or at least he wasn't going to play their game but here's my point cbs news says using failure to use correct pronouns to which one of my friends over at the alliance defending freedom wrote you misspelled quote, incorrect. So in other words, they should have said failure to use incorrect pronouns. That's our position. He was he was using correct pronouns. CBS News says he was using incorrect pronouns. Now, either what is the standard for truth there? And, and obviously, we're living in a world where people are making up their own ideologies and their own realities. But for Christians, we, we don't get to pre play with reality. We we have the word of God and we have a God who created us and who reserves the right to determine what truth is. Yeah. And so we don't get to make up pronouns. Uh, we don't get to make up genders. We don't get to pretend who, who we are. Uh, we were created in the image and likeness of God. We're men and we're women and our pronouns uh, reflect that. And as soon as we start going into this crazy ideology and letting the media dictate what truth is, um, without us being able to push back. We're, we're entering a very scary, scary world, and that's where we find ourselves. So, But the positive side was, here's a judge saying, you can't fire this professor. 
just because he's not living in your alternate universe and, f- and failing to use whatever pronoun you want to use today or tomorrow or the next day. I think in this case, what happened was uh, when they first went to court, basically, I forgot what university it was. It was yeah. disciplining this uh, professor for not, he's a Christian professor. Yep. He declined to use uh, whatever the preferred pronoun for this transgender student. Uh, he did offer to, to not use Mr. or, or, or Mr. So or Miss something. Yep. Just use her last name or something like that. But they were like, no, if you did that, you have to n- not use Mr. or Mrs. for everybody in the classroom. Anyway, I don't get Yeah, he wasn't was trying to be nasty or mean no, or they, rude they, or it was a, it, Yeah, it was kind of – but anyway, so they went into the court and the court says, no, you – you to the professor, you've been given freedom of choice. But then they appeal, I guess, an appeals court says, no, this needs to go back to the original court and then – when they went back to the original court, the uh, the university settled for four hundred thousand dollars, and they will not force them to use whatever preferred pronoun. But I, I thought the way that CBS framed this was interesting, because it's like people coming up to you and say, "Hey, Ron Johnson, explain to me why you are racist." Yeah, it's like <laughs> even the way they frame the question, like you already are defensive at a, at a loss. Or you already lost home court advantage. You start a football game down 30 to nothing. Oh, yeah, because, that's because the now you have, to, you have to you're react like, to the question, which like, isn't what? true. You have to be defending yeah, yourself. You're like, wait, I'm not ra- – wait, what? I mean, like that's how they framed it. It's like right. incorrect, incorrect. I mean, there's so many other ways to, 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 to give that statement without even use correct, incorrect. You can use preferred. You can be like, what's the, the, the contentious problem? Whatever. But they they decide to put inject their worldview. And that's an obvious example of that. You know? And I'm just like, how often when we read headlines, when people interact with us, they're being trained by these intellectual ivory towers to, to start the conversation, putting you into their into their yeah. home court. Well, think about all the issues that matter to us, you know, like.
learn to get battle tested, get involved, don't shy away from the battle. There's way too much depending on it. And in the end, we win. And that's what I want to encourage you with. We want to encourage you with. So have an, have an amazing week. Thanks for being a part of this 100th episode of our podcast. We hope you'll share it far and wide with our friends. And let's just celebrate. As for me and my house, never again on these ridiculous mask mandates. It really is time to stand up as a free people. So thanks so much. We'll look forward to being with you next week.